Uh, it's great to be able to continue in in our series, One Another. And today, as you've already heard, we are exploring the idea of praying for one another. For anyone who's joining us for the first week, the One Another series is looking at a number of different uh, instructions and encouragements in the New Testament for the ways that Christians can behave and treat one another. And today, we're thinking about the, the invitation to pray for one another. I wonder, when, uh, when we talk about prayer, what your reaction is. Um, here's a few different reactions that I've had over time. Sometimes, top left, uh, prayer can feel like reaching out into the heavens, not quite sure if anything is reaching back. Sometimes prayer can be a deeply uniting experience, uh, top right, uh, as we come together with others in support. Sometimes prayer can feel like strength and power, bottom left, that there is energy, that there is vibrancy, that there is strength, that there will be breakthrough that comes as a result of prayer. It can feel powerful and sometimes bottom right, it can feel like another obligation on the to-do list. I should probably pray about that. I should probably pray today. Prayer sometimes feels one way, sometimes feels another. And I just want to be honest and open about that at the beginning, that prayer is something that we can journey with in all kinds of different ways. Can I encourage you, uh, before we dive into what a certain bit of the Bible says, can I ask um, Steve uh, just to stand up? Uh, Steve uh, and, and Linda, go on as well. Sorry, I didn't see you were next to her. I probably could have guessed. But um, uh, on Friday evening here, there is going to be a time of training and input. Um, if you would like to find out more about it and come along, speak to Steve and Linda. It's specifically around um, praying for people, praying for people in a sort of one-to-one -one or, or a sort of smaller uh, setting. If you would like to get better at that, learn it, try it out, um, talk to them afterwards. They would love to give you the details and invite you along. You can sit back down now. Um, that's happening this Friday. So if any of this you're thinking, that sounds good, but I don't know how, uh, please have a chat with them. We are going to be looking at a verse in the book of James in the New Testament uh, today. And it says this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to level with you today and say that I think my job would be far easier today if the verse in question said, pray for each other. It's all the stuff around it that throws up all kinds of questions. Why does confessing sins come into it? Why can't I just pray for you without having to tell you all the things I've done wrong this week? Or without asking you to do that for me? What's going on? Why is healing suddenly involved? Is prayer just for healing? Should we always expect healing? Is this a promise that we'll always expect healing every time we pray? And, and, and if a prayer of a righteous person is effective, how righteous do I have to be? And what level of righteousness and how do I become righteous enough for my prayers to work? Those are all kinds of questions that get thrown up because the verse doesn't just say, pray for each other. The advantage, though, is that it means we can dive into it a little bit. Because if I just said, pray for each other, then all I've done is given you another obligation for your to-do list. It's something that I'm telling you, you just need to do a little bit more. But all of this other stuff that comes around it will help us, ultimately, I hope, to see this as an invitation and an opportunity, not just as an obligation. So actually, I want to read a few verses before this. From James chapter 5, verse 13, we read... Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? 
Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess confess your sins to one another, to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to ask a few questions about prayer today. We're going to ask a when, a who, and two what's. And we're going to dive through the first two fairly quickly because I think they're relatively straightforward. The first, when should we pray? Well, uh, in the verses I just read, we hear, is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing prayers and praise. Is anyone among you sick? So there's a whole bunch of reasons that we're told we should turn to God in prayer. Happy, in trouble, sick, well, wherever we are. So when should we be thinking about praying? All the time. Whichever emoji best captures your life at the moment, whichever smiley, happy, sad, sick face captures where you are right now or where the person sitting next to you is right now, it is a time for prayer. When should we pray? We can pray ever. You don't need to shut yourself off or count yourself out of praying for someone or of being prayed for by someone because you're just a little bit too fill in the blank. Prayer can be for any time. Who can pray? There's another question. Who can pray? Well, um, again, let's look at some of these, some of these verses. We read when, when, when someone is sick, let them call the elders, the leaders of the church. But we also read, pray for each other and just the prayers of a righteous person. So who can pray? Well, we, we get this sense that, that leaders in a church are called to pray and pray especially for those who are sick. And as an elder in this church, as a leader within this church, we take that seriously. If we're called upon to pray for someone, we will do so. And we'll do so in the manner that is, that is listed here to do with praying and anointing with oil. If you know of someone or if you yourself would like that, then please get in touch with one of the elders and we will be able to do that for you. But you don't have to have a certain position or title or authority within a church to pray because straight after that, James says, pray for each other. It's something we all do for one another. It's something we can all take seriously. And then we come to that tricky idea of a righteous person. Well, I can tell you the good news is that what what James is absolutely not saying is that once you've reached a certain level of being good enough, then your prayers will kick into overdrive and suddenly you'll see everything. That's not what we're talking about. When he says the prayers of a righteous person, what he means is a prayer of someone who has been made righteous by God. Answered prayer will never be your work or my work anyway. Answered prayer will always be God's work, will always be the Spirit of God responding and changing situations as we pray into them, as we step into the gap and as we pray for them. And the righteousness that James is talking about is also God's work. It's when Jesus died died on the cross in our place to give us that right standing before God. That's what James is speaking about. In other words, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're pursuing him, then pray, then pray. So who can pray? Everyone. No matter what shape, size, whatever, male, female, young, old, wherever we are, pray. We can all do it. You are not disqualified from praying. 
So, another question. What do we pray for? What kinds of things is it that we are meant to pray for? What's on the list and what's not on the list? Well, I want to suggest that the list is rather large, not in a burdensome way, but everything can be prayed for. Why do I say that? Well, uh, in, this, in these passages, in this passage, we see Paul, uh, Peter, not either of them, James, uh, encouraging us. I'm just used to Paul and Peter. Um, we, 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 James only wrote one book, so it's easier. Um, we see James encouraging us to pray for one another's physical needs. Is anyone sick? Let them call the elders. And we, we, we hear that um, prayer will make the sick person well. We hear about healing in these verses. Physical needs, our physical needs of our physical body and the situations that we face in our life, they are something that God wants us and encourages us to focus in on in prayer. A few years ago, um, actually uh, two and a half years ago, I think, um, my wife's hip was very, very bad. Uh, she couldn't really bend over very much. I was needing to help her put her socks on. Uh, she was in a not very good way. It was as a, a result of a, of a car accident where someone had come into the side and she'd got um, sort of put out of position. Um, and it was really, really, really affecting her. And she was leading on an alpha course. And the, the, the session was about prayer and was about the fact that we can pray for one another. And in her group, she thought, well, I can't really ask them to let me pray for them if I'm not willing to be prayed for myself. So she said, would somebody be willing to pray for my hip? And one of the other leaders prayed for her. And it was completely healed. God heals, and he does it today. And it never came back. Her hip was completely fine. It went from being unable to bend over at all to being completely, completely fine. That's good news. That's wonderful. A few years ago, about, about six years ago, I was in a place where I was really quite severely depressed. I had quite bad uh, depression. And in a church service, um, after, after the service had finished, I, went, to, I went, to, went up to four friends and I said, would you pray for me? Because I just want this gone. I just want this done. And they prayed. They gathered around me. And one of them just Put, their arm, put her hand on my arm and silently prayed. Another prayed, Lord, don't let Dave stand up from this seat until every ounce of the healing that you want to give him has happened. Another prayed very simply the prayer, in faith, be healed. And another began to sing a song over me, and then we all started to sing together. And by the end of the song, I stood, and I was healed. And in the next few days, I went and saw my counselor, I went and saw my GP, I went and saw my pastor, I went and saw my parents, and each of them in their own way confirmed to me something's changed and something's different. God had healed me. He does it. We should bring our physical needs to him. But that's not all this passage speaks about. It also speaks of spiritual needs. Because in the mix of all of this stuff about about prayer for healing, we then have the phrases about if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. And we hear about confessing sins to one another. Earlier this year, I was talking to someone who was saying that they were really, really, really struggling with the fact that they were visiting certain people in their sort of extended family who were way wealthier than they were. And going and spending time in, 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 their, in their homes, and, and they were feeling just jealous 
you've got all this stuff and I'm really struggling. And, and, and they realized that it was making them bitter. They realized that it was making them jealous and it was making them resent these people. And actually, the way that they were regarding these people, the way that they were thinking about it was wrong. And it was affecting their heart and it was starting to make them bitter and just envious in loads of different places in their life. And they confessed that to me. And we prayed about it over the course of a few weeks. And God changed their heart. It wasn't to do with physical unwellness. It wasn't to do with a situation that was really attacking them. It was they realized there was something in them that needed to change. It was their spiritual state. It was sin in their life that needed to be addressed. And they brought it up and we prayed about it and God changed their heart. Sometimes we can get tempted to, 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 to go to one extreme or the other with these things. We can, we can go to God with all of our physical needs because they feel very important, but we can kind of neglect the fact that God has spiritual lessons for us to learn. God wants us to be getting closer to him, to become more like him. And we can prioritize one over the other. Or we can, we can sort of think, well, God couldn't be interested in my, 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 my everyday life. He couldn't be interested in my body. He couldn't be interested in my relationships or my finance. That's too small fry for him. He's only interested in my church attendance and my prayer life and whether I'm reading the Bible. No, God is interested in all of this. The reason that they're so intermingled in this is that every single part of your life and my life and your friends' lives and your family's lives and the life of the person sitting next to you, the life of the person who might come to you and say, would you pray for me? Or the life of the person who you might go to and say, can I pray for you? He's interested in all of it, every single part. And so we bring them to God. We take all of that to God. But sometimes, like I say, we can get out of, out of kilter. We can focus all in on the physical needs we have and neglect the fact that we have a spiritual life or vice versa. And when we choose not to bring it only to God, but to take both to each other as well, it helps. My best mate is a guy called Sam. And we, we try to speak once a week uh, on, online on a video call. We don't quite manage every week, but we try every week. And we do it probably about two weeks in three. And when we, when we talk, he knows me very, 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 very well. And he knows all the situations that are going on, going on in my life. He knows when I'm not well. He knows when I'm struggling with things. He knows what's going on. I share all that with him. So he knows my physical needs. And what he can do that sometimes I need is he can say, okay, Dave, stop talking about your physical needs. Let's pray about them. Stop getting so focused on the problem and instead turn your eyes to God. When I take those things to someone else, they can lead me back to God. Where myself, I can just keep looking at myself. We need to do this. It's why James says, pray for each other. But he also says, confess your sins to one another. Because we also need to take our spiritual needs and our spiritual life to other people. I can do that with Sam. Now, I don't think James is encouraging us all to just splurge at every single person that we see, but he's saying, if you don't have in your life someone who you can say, I really messed up with this, actually one step better, someone will ask, what have you really messed up with recently? Sam and I, we have a list, we have a list of questions that we'll ask each other every time we talk, and it gets pretty gritty, and it gets pretty deep. And I can be honest with him, and he can be honest with me. And the very last question, just in case we've chickened out, is always, have you been completely honest with me? As yet, we've not had to answer that one, no. Because there's no point, because we know it's coming. 
But here's the thing, if we don't do those things, we can just end up ticking over, just end up living life in neutral. We need some of that. We need to be able to have those, that outlet, that place where we can say, I'm really struggling with this. I've really messed up here. Because again, that person can help me, Sam can help me take my eyes off my own mess up, my own failure, my own mistakes, and instead point me back to Jesus who's already forgiven me. Because otherwise I can get focused on my own needs and my own failures. When we pray for one another, with one another, we can get lifted back. That's why James is encouraging it, and it's why it's in the mix of all of this stuff to do with, um, to do with mi- making mistakes and sinning, to do with uh, being healed, to do with physical... It's all mixed together because it all needs to come together, and we need to come together to do something about it. By ourselves, we can become despondent, or we can get narrow in our focus. Others can help us. That's why James encourages us to pray for one another, to share with one another in these things. Where are the people in your life? Who are those people in your life? And if you're thinking, I'm not quite sure, can I encourage you to approach someone and say something? Maybe it means thinking about, maybe, could I be part of a life group? Could I be part of a smaller group? Could I, could I ask someone, hey, once a month, could we go for a coffee and chat? Maybe once a week would be too often and it wouldn't work for you. But whatever it is, don't be alone. And what should we expect? When we pray, when we pray for one another, when we pray with one another, what should we expect? For me, I think we should expect this. We should expect to see breakthrough. We should expect to see things change as a result of when we pray. The language in these verses. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And then that that phrase we we talked about earlier on, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayer is powerful. Prayer does not always feel powerful, but prayer is powerful because prayer is approaching God and God is always powerful. I just want to say it really simply. Jesus heals today and he does it more when we ask more. Jesus restores lives today, and he does it more when we ask more. Jesus frees us from sin today, and he does it more when we ask more. Now, even as I say that, I'm sure you, and I know for me, it raises mystery, it raises questions, it raises times. What about then? Why not them? Why not her? What about him? All of those kinds of things. Right now, I can think of situations in my own life and in, those of, uh, of, in, and in the lives of people I love where, where I'm not seeing that. But I don't believe that changes the truth. One day, everything will be put right. I was speaking to someone a few weeks ago who has a degenerative um, medical condition. And they were saying that years ago, when they were first diagnosed and when things first started uh, becoming very difficult for them, someone said to them, God will heal you, either in this life or in heaven. And she said, there's part of me that wanted to see that as a bit of a slap in the face, but actually it was really encouraging. Because through the eyes of faith, she was able to say, it's true. 
One day everything will be healed. But I don't say that to say that therefore we shouldn't also seek for healing to happen now. And we shouldn't ask for God to heal now because we should. Because we're instructed to, because we're encouraged to, and because God moves when we pray. Prayer changes us and our perspectives, yes, absolutely. But prayer also changes the situations we're in. But remember, we are called to do it together for one another. Getting up alongside someone else, rubbing shoulders and and sharing our lives, sharing our concerns, sharing our prayers, and praying with one another. Back to our verse. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I hope this is not just an obligation. I hope that there is in some sense an invitation to seek God in prayer. So my question's for you. Who are you praying for? Who will you commit regularly to pray for and pray with? Who will you ask, can I pray for you? What would you like me to pray about for you? And who might you ask to pray for you? Can I ask you to consider those things? Because we are not just weak people who have to take everything that comes at us and hope it all work out in the end. We can go to our almighty God in prayer and we can do it on behalf of one another. We can do it with one another and we can expect for God to move when we do. Pray for one another. Let me pray now as the band come back. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for all of the situations represented by people in this room and those who are joining online where they are desperate to see you move. And I want to pray in faith that you would move. That there would be breakthrough. But Lord, I'm aware that that prayer is very vague and very generic because from a platform in front of 100 odd people, it can only ever be generic and vague. And Lord, I want to ask that you would help us and draw us to one another and closer to one another that we may be able to make it anything other than vague anything other than generic, that we would be able to pray specifically and powerfully and importantly in one another's life. Thank you that you move today, that you heal, that you restore. Lord, give us the faith and the courage and the boldness and the joy in seeking you for that more and more and more and more together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.